Hair was teased, the internet wasn't a thing, and phones had cords and were mounted to the wall. Join us as two old men and a Gen Z review our favorite horrible cheesy movies from the decade that brought you Breakdancing, Max Headroom, and New Coke. Once more, they will replenish themselves. What is up, y'all? We are now in for excellence in the sure. review. No, 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 no. It's no, not no, 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 excellence. No. Just right anything there. The excellence of the 1982 film The Dark Crystal. Uh, I'm, I'm, this is the first movie I'm actually disappointed we watched because just rewatching this has ruined my childhood. And I now understand what that look on my dad's face was when I used to tell him <laughs> I wanted to watch this movie. What the hell is this? I told y'all it was bad. It's not bad. Dad, stop lying to yourself. It's not okay. bad. Stop lying. Not Who- Whoever wrote the dialogue in this movie should be taken out back and shot. Okay. <laughs> Jake! <laughs> I hope they roll their ankles, both of them. <laughs> I hope they open a chip bag and half of it's air. Well, that, that happens to all of us. <laughs> Ooh. <sighs> I, hate this I don't... The, I mean, I, the, the dialogue was so bad. I told you! It's well. Uh, first of I all, I told y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dead. Yeah. Brian Froud was one of the, uh, and Jim Henson were largely responsible for the look, feel, and dialogue of this movie. And I didn't mind the look and the feel, but the dialogue was was awful. Well, uh, the dialogue was actually written in other languages first. They wanted to do kind of a. a I mean, first of all, Jim Henson's idea for this happened in a hotel room with his daughter. They got snowed in for a flight or something like that. And they decided to write a story. And this was the outline of it was this story. And he kind of fleshed it out and, and everything and, and wrote it. And one of the things that he wanted to do was bring fairy tales back to the original Brothers Grimm style. And if you don't know what the original Brothers Grimm style of a fairy tale was, it was not happy and chipper. Oh, no, they were rather dark. And and gruesome. And they did not have happy endings. Yeah, virtually none. They were all kind of morality tales built to scare children into behaving. Uh, A lot of them were. Oh, those ones. Yeah, a lot of them were, you know, like, uh, in, yeah, yeah D- Disney's way got it wrong. Yeah. I mean, every time you see a Disney tale of, of this kind of thing, they're, they're definitely sprinkling the rose glasses and sugar all over the top of these actual tales. Well, it's Disney. I mean, yeah. Well, they've yeah, made but, a living on doing it and it works. Yeah. They, they managed to give a story written by Alexander Dumas a happy ending. 
Yeah, that's um that, the Hunchback for Notre Dame. Of yeah, Notre that's, Dame that's it's not a it's not, it wasn't a happy tale. That's oh, all I'm no, saying. No, 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 no. The actual end of the the actual end of the Hunchback story in in as far as what Dumas wrote was rather horrific. And, and there's a lot of those, uh, to be honest. Um, not that I'm not saying that that some of the Disney movies aren't fantastic. I actually like Cruella. I mean, Kayla and that one was pretty. And oh, the live action made ones. Me, Made me watch it, and I thought I was like, I am not watching a story about a puppy killer. I'm just not; it's not happening. And then they're like, Emma Stone's in it, and I'm like, I'm in. So I, it's not that I'm saying I wouldn't like that stuff, and and I don't, but or, or and I do, but this was kind of Jim Henson's work to or or effort to bring something gritty and real. He was trying to bring something gritty and real because that really wasn't. It was more never-ending story-ish, which is something I don't think you've seen, Kayla. What's that? Uh, yeah, it's a different type it's, of It movie. is on the list. It is on the list. Uh, the never-ending story was kind of the the happy version of this, where things work out well. <laughs> um, you know, and it's forever cemented for every 80s kid who, who grew up in the 80s that the name Falcor is something that brings forth happiness and joy because uh, everybody wants a luck dragon. Hey, yeah, what's the what's what's the fancy rock people that's connected to the bird people? The fancy rock. Oh, the the mystics. Those people. Why do they got a thing for fancy rocks? Look, we'll get into that like, in a second. But no, 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 no. We'll get into it in a second. But um, what what this was was trying it was Jim Henson trying to be uh, a little more gritty. And it and he missed the mark. Well, I I don't think he did. It is gritty and everything, but the dialogue was written so that it is one of the only movies that you're ever going to see that has zero humans in it. There were none, True. absolutely none humans. Uh, it was literally a fantasy tale about a fantasy land. Uh, there there are a number of things, and I was it was the in 1982 it was the movie. It was the top grossing box office smash in France and Japan, which should tell you something. This did not hit normal. This was built different uh, from the get-go. It was built different. and okay. Well, I mean, but then, then again, also, you know, the, the syntax wasn't necessarily going to drive people as nuts if they weren't used to American or even British spoken English to begin with. There was a lot of visual eye candy and stuff, and uh, I mean, and, and I didn't mind the visuals. The visuals were beautiful. No, the visuals were beautiful, and honestly, it was uh, which uh, a lot of people attribute mostly to Jim Henson, and that really wasn't it. It was Brian Froud's design uh, of the world and of the different things and and the the landscape and the environment and all that stuff, and even some of the creatures uh, which Jim Henson took and ran with uh, was all Brian Froud. So. This this was uh, not only a collaboration, but one that had never been done like this or since, really, uh, because it doesn't. It, it was completely alien and foreign. And I think, to Jake's point, you're a little bit right about that. That the dialogue on it was very. I'm going to call it elementary. But mostly because the audience he was shooting for was under fifteen. So yeah, but the but the audience he's shooting for for Sesame Street is under five, and the dialogue is better. I'm not going to disagree with that. <laughs> all right, I'm not going to disagree with that. And 
This didn't have the, like, if you ever watch or ever did watch The Muppet Show. Oh, I love The Muppet. Yeah, it, The Muppet, Muppet Show was, awesome. was actually incredibly intelligent and witty and on it. It, it, it struck and, across all age groups. And Frank Oz wrote most of that. And and this wasn't Frank Oz. This was more Jim Henson and Brian Froud. And I don't think Jim Henson's real genius was in dialogue writing. Now, some of them, like when he when he would do thing, you know, different characters and stuff, his 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 stuff was brilliant. But really, it's Frank Oz who who comes through. Like if you've ever watched, well, Frank Oz was the comedian of the group. He was, and if you ever watch. Frank Oz doing puppeteering of the Muppets just in regular Frank quote unquote interview. I, Rolf was on Arsenio Hall once, and it was the most hysterical thing you've ever seen in your life. Uh huh. It, it's they had the capacity to be brilliant, and I think that's what people were waiting for. Was that you walk into the theater and it's like, oh, this is a Jim Henson production, and you get another world, another time. You know, like, and I. I remember, but, but but even the voiceover was terrible. Oh no, the voiceover was great. I love the no, voiceover. No, it was. Stop oh, lying, it was fantastic. Dad. You no, know, it was. You know it, really was. Oh, it was good. It was good. In fact, the uh, years later, uh, several decades later, when I think it's trip like I do, when the Crystal Method started that song with the Dark Crystals narration. It still gives me goosebumps. You know what? I may go back and illegally put a clip of that song at the intro to this <laughs> cast uh, with the proviso that's like, hey, totally stole this. I have no rights to it. We're not making any money off of it. I just wanted people to hear it because I think it's important. I may do that. Um, I, I it's It hit me on a creative level, uh, which I, I think most visual people could understand, that I had never seen anything like this as a child. Uh, even though the Gelflings were wooden, and you're right, the they dialogue was bad. There, there are a couple of good things that did come out of this. First of all, the proto-fraggles. Yes, well, that, that worked. And and uh, the fraggles were supposed to be in this movie, but they did, they oh, ran out of time and money for it. But but you, you basically what you had was proto-fraggles. Yes. And, and, the, and the one group whose dialogue made perfect sense to me, just because of the fact that they were as evil as they were, and even just the acting and motioning of everybody w- waiting to be stabbed in the back by somebody else were the Skeksis. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. That made perfect sense. I, I, I really liked the creativity. You, just the way they were always looking at each other, always just waiting for someone to betray them, always waiting to get – nobody would let somebody walk up behind them or anything like that. You see them walking next to each other in the hall, and they'd all have to like turn and face each other because they didn't trust to have the other person behind them. Nor should they. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I, and it was, it was just a good uh, – uh, visually, it was a great – and the, the, and the succession for the emperor was just who had the cojones to grab the scepter. Right. And and there were you could watch the the fight between them and the and the harmony between the mystics, you know, where they're just like, oh, look, you know, I guess well, we got to go on a freaking month long journey at the snail's pace. Yeah, that I'm we pretty can walk. sure like, well, they, we... they, they walk so slow. Watch them forget something at home and take four years to get back there. <laughs> like, they'd be well, like, oh, my God, I forgot the scepter. Okay, we got to turn back. To, to 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 Kayla's point though, for all the time that the great old mystic spent raising Jim, 
and knowing that Jem had a destiny, he never mentioned a word about the outside world, like nothing. Yeah, I found that weird too. Like, <laughs> like they're all trying to kill the, you. The wisest of the mystics. Okay, this is the wisest being on the planet. The wisest of the mystics. Like, I should have told you something about the great destiny and the world saving that you're going to have to do. And I'm sorry about that. I suck, but you may meet me in the next life. Right? <laughs> it's like, thanks, Foster Dad. <laughs> You kind of suck, man. Uh, <laughs> told, told him nothing. Nothing. Absolutely you know, nothing. You could have told a, me. Go find a over. crystal shard. He doesn't even know what the dark crystal is. <laughs> yeah. his The other survivor of his race, who has not been prepared for this, knows great volumes of stuff just because she's been growing up in the real world with the podlings who routinely get kidnapped and sucked of, of sucked of their life essence and stuff and enslaved um she's like motivated and on it jen jen is you know he's like this sucks i hate the real world and throws the crystal away <laughs> In the home of his when ancestors. When I threw the crystal away, I was just like, "What are you doing? You're gonna need that. <laughs> like, seriously, go get that back. No, and, you're not gonna." Uh, uh, okay, and then I have another question: Who, who, who thought it was a good idea to give a Muppet nipples? <laughs> well, I think it was a fantastic idea. <laughs> yeah, you, you, th- you, you think the old saggy, uh, you know, half ram-horned uh, old lady Muppet needed nipples? Uh, apparently, they did. Um, or, or even if she had them, she needed to be wearing a gown sheer enough that it, you could see them. Hey, you don't know. She could have been quite the catch a thousand years ago. <laughs> Nine hundred years old, you wait. Look as good, you will not. You know. That's all <laughs> yeah, I'm but saying. It's, but it's just like Grandma wearing that 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 one nighty to breakfast that you wish she didn't. <laughs> I can't really argue with that. No. Um, I that's that's not. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's a thousand years old. Look, she probably had to wear a support bra. Um, she probably, you know, like uh, every dude she ever met is probably dead by now. I mean, like the Skeksis have, have just flattened most of the economy and the dating pool. And That's it, all and I'm it, saying. And it never occurred to her to have any clue which of the crystal shards might be the right one. Yeah, I found that confusing. Okay, you've had a thousand years to work on this. You built... A mechanical version of the the solar system. And she could have saved the world thousands of years ago. How how'd she even get the shard? But a prophecy, arguably, she came up with, as she was the great Stygian, or Stygian, or however you pronounce the, the great, because that's what she was based on, right? Yeah. So she came up with this prophecy that a Gelfling would lead them through to the next next great conjunction solve all this problem with the shards. she goes to the trouble of collecting all the shards the wisest of the mystics can produce an image of the shard of the correct shard not only that but the apparently verbalized the note that's going to make the shard glow right they could have all just traveled granted it did take a couple of days traveled Months. to the to to her thing Sang the oh, you know the didgeridoo noise. <laughs> and, Tibetan throat singing, That's right? It. And okay. done, done that. Popped the crystal thing. It goes bing, you know, like the little Nabisco noise. And then suddenly, 
you've got a fighting chance. All and then all the mystics had to do is like walk to the thing, heal the damn rock, and all would be fine. It's sort of like going through Lord of the Rings. It's like, all right, all you're telling me is you had to dump the ring in the in the volcano. You could have had an eagle fly over the volcano, drop the rock or drop the ring, and this whole problem would have been satisfied. We could have ended this a thousand years ago. That's all I'm saying. And all the Gelflings would not have died because we do no longer have. Okay, I'm a... going to defend Tolkien. A thousand years ago, they were standing on the prepices of the actual volcano, ready to throw Precipice. the ring in, and someone decided not to. Yeah, leave it and to so the humans that, to show human weakness. So you know? that's the problem with the whole thing was not just get it, dropping it into, but getting somebody who was actually willing to do it when they got there. And even the person that they did get to go there wasn't willing to do it in the end. Yeah, look, people, humans suck. All right. But we didn't have that problem in the Dark Crystals universe. <laughs> we didn't have humans. <laughs> the Gelflings are no longer genetically viable. You've got a... a, a male and a female gelfling if you want to repopulate the species even with the crystal of truth hanging behind them and living in a crystal castle you've got your kids who are going to die alone unless they want to sleep with their brothers and sisters well no what you're going to have is fraggle land <laughs> go find the fraggles um and a bunch of podlings um no that's what i mean proto fraggles yeah proto fraggles you know so so okay we we've saved hey, the planet for the podlings. Wait wait a minute. Maybe the fraggles were what happens when the podlings mate with a gelfling and <laughs> they go that's subterranean. The, the genetic, yeah. They go subterranean and have like a a weird. Well, and humans developed because the fraggles live below the humans, and we know that fraggles interact with humans. So humans were a later species that were were spawned from uh, podlings, fraggles, and, and gelflings. Then when did, where did the dozers come from then? The dozers? What are yeah, oh, where, God, fra- I forgot. Fraggle Rock. The Fraggle dozers. Rock, yeah. Oh, you know, I don't know. Maybe the, maybe, the, maybe that's what happened when the, the uh, crustacean beetle Carthim died out. <laughs> they just kind of evolved from that. Um, we're talking about, do you know what fraggles <laughs> wait are? A minute, yeah. Wait a minute. The, the, the big furry dog in Fraggle Rock is, uh, Fizzgig is his <gasps> uh, long lost descendant. Oh my God. That's awesome. Dogs were created from Fizzgig. <laughs> that is fantastic. A little tribble with teeth spawned the man's best friend. <laughs> I love that. I love that. K- Kayla, are you getting any of the references that your father and I are no. throwing out there? <laughs> she's like no no you, you, you have never sat your child down and let her watch fraggle rock i don't think she's had any interest in fraggle rock what's fraggle considering i don't know what it is it's it's sort of like the muppets only they live underground and it's sort of like a cross between the muppets and the smurfs yeah actually that's a good way to put it are they cute can you google one google them google them okay. wembley wembley was always the best there you go that's the fraggles fraggle rock is, is it was fantastic, but it, it was kind of like the Muppets and the Smurfs kind of melded together. It, it, no, it's like Sesame See, Street. See, they look kind of the like Muppets. they look kind of like Mystics and and Podlings, right? No, because no, they no. got the nose like like Mystics. But the thing is, is that they kind of look like Sesame Street and like the yes. Muppets kind of. Yes, well, the, yeah, it's all, all designed by Jen Hem- Jim, Jim Henson. Jim Henson, who did 
Sesame Street and the Muppets. Oh, the one with the red shirt and the little orange hair kind of looks like the pink one from Sesame Street. Yes, and this one right here with the purple hair looks like Scooter. I think Scooter was a lost fraggle. I think that's what Scooter was. Absolutely. No, no, I, I, I actually can't argue with you on that one. I, I really do think Scooter was a lost fraggle from the Muppets. Do you here? I will show. These are Fraggles, right? Now take a look at him, the orange one with the purple hair, and I will look up Muppet and Scooter. Uh, Muppet and there you go. I'm he's telling, a lost Fraggle. He's a lost Fraggle. I'm telling you. <laughs> Somebody looked at that and went, "All right, we're going to make an entire thing out of Scooter." <laughs> no, the Muppets kidnapped him because Kermit needed money. <laughs> Kermit said, oh, no, y'all, we're broke. So he kidnapped a fraggle and said, you're going to be our moneymaker. And then now he is, doesn't doesn't Scooter work behind this? Yeah, Scooter is the production engineer behind the Muppets. He said, He's... get me some money, boy. And then um, <laughs> then you got that. There, yeah, there he is. see, he's he's a he's a lost fraggle. Can you go back to the fraggles. I will go back to the fraggles. And then for Christmas, for um, Kermit lets him go home to his fraggle family, and he gets to live under he's, a rock. He's on a time work share program. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> work release. Work release. Yeah, he's on a work release program. And so he goes home to his long lost family, and his fraggle family are like, "Where but have I you mean, been?" The story. If you just told the story, if you just gave a synopsis of the story, where. You, the Skeksis and the Mystics are are at war or at conflict with each other, and the Dark Crystal is is being used to pillage and and destroy the land by the Skeksis. And if it's they're not stopped, they will own and control the world. Right. Oh, and another thing, when Jen was trying to do the crystal shard into the giant crystal, he waited like thirty seconds just to put it. And the thing, if he would have put it in a little bit faster. Okay, that's as plot requires, I think, though. <laughs> no, that's... because he could have just put wait, it in wait, there wait, and it Wait ran a minute, out. We, we've already agreed that Jen was a moron, so, yeah, right? Yeah, Jen was the only one. That's why he looks goofy. He was Luke Skywalkering his way through the entire movie. Like, he, he, he complained and whined the entire time. I don't even know what to do with this. Like I said, everyone else had more skin in the game than Jen. Well, right. e- even then, you, you look at Kira. Kira could have just Disney. taken her wings and just flown up there and just dropped the sucker in and called it a day. Okay, I don't think she could fly. I think she could fall with style. I think she was a pull gl- a Buzz Lightyear. She just... was a glider. Okay, so she so she get a couple floors up and then goes for it. <laughs> that I think is fair. I think that's a fair comment. Yeah, she could have gone like. Even Fizzy got no more. Um, yeah, Fizzgig had lots of ups, in. right? He could make it from the ground or from a rock to also, on top of a, a land strider when, in one jump. When like, Fizzgig was barking when Kira and Jin finally saw each other again on the top of the like castle mm-hmm. on the balcony, and he was barking. I'm like, throw him in the fire pit. Someone throw him in there. And then uh, <laughs> and then the Skeksis did. And then I'm just like, and she goes, oh my god, I well, got Fizzgig killed. <laughs> Okay, wonderful puppeteering aside, can we talk about how many times Fizzgig jumped onto something and you could tell that the puppeteer just threw him? Just I threw- told you! Yeah, he just threw him. Just like, boonk! No, when, when he was jumping on, on that horse thing, what's that horse thing? The Lance Strider. Strider. Yeah. yeah, you can tell the director, did, or whoever threw him up there, just took him on his tail and said, hope it makes it. <laughs> Keep it rolling, hope it makes it. And then it made it, we're like... Yeah, yeah then no, they totally just threw him up there, which is fine. I look, this was uh, yeah, the, the, the the glove part just looks it looks like a tail. Yeah, it's cool. Just toss it. Just toss it. It's fine. It's fine. Just like nobody's gonna care. If this tail rubs off midair, it's fine. 
can just say he has a boomerang, all right? This this was a a a wonderful attempt, I think, at telling a real fantasy story. And this is this is part of the the issue that I think a lot of people fall into, right? Everybody complains that uh, when you see a a fantasy or an alien tale that it's just humans with a head. Right, like with a different head on, or paint on, or or something like that. This didn't have that issue. There were no human-like creatures. Everything was weird, and apparently, I, I, I think it was an attempt before its time. Oh, for sure. Uh, and Brian Froud uh, famously had a a like fascination with lobsters, which is why everything had claws. Um, and everything looked like a sea creature and stuff. So that's it's like Sebastian. (laughs) They were giant evil Sebastians. Giant evil Sebastian. Where where was Sebastian from? Where did we see him? What movie was that? That's the The Little Little Mermaid. Mermaid. I know. I mean, like I said it in the cast once. He lived under the sea. Well, I know that. All we need is a giant French chef no, to start we, singing. We did, a cast. <laughs> we did a cast, and I was like, oh, that, he looks like, um, uh, what's his name? Sebastian? Yeah, yeah, he kind of looks like Sebastian. I think it was Crawl. Sometimes I worry about you. It's okay. I think it was Crawl. <laughs> It could be, but or maybe I think it might have been. Yeah, yeah. This, it was a it was a good attempt at making ah, making emails? a real fantasy. We have one, and we'll read it here in a little bit. They yell at me, as of course, um, and side with you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> that's why you like reading email. It's just people beat up on dad. Yeah. Um. No, there's there's a a real. There's a real attempt to make it gritty, and I think they did that uh, a, a good turn. The problem was, I one this came out of nowhere. No one was ready for this. No one. No, I mean it, it, this is this being before its time is why it took them twenty years after this to even consider making Lord of the Rings into a movie. Yeah, I mean this is this was tough. I mean this was a tough sell in 1982. I honestly believe. And this is one of the the things that make this kind of thing very, very difficult. People who are actually ahead of their time are very, very difficult to relate to because it takes that long to assimilate what they're trying to do. I'll give you another example. Uh, The guy who wrote Conan the Barbarian. Okay. Yeah. Uh, This was uh, not, and and you'll understand the difference when I say this, Kayla, later on. Not Conan the Destroyer, Conan the Barbarian. The real Conan was more bloody and and um, warlike and violent than has ever been recorded on screen. Okay. It was it was really nasty stuff, and the. The violence and the sex scenes and all that kind of stuff that he wrote, by the way, around the turn of the last century, was too much for people to deal with at the time. It was, it, it was, it, people would read it and they're like, this is the diary of a psychopath. And as it turns out, they weren't far from the truth. It was, he was a bit mentally disturbed as he <laughs> did turn out. Like he, he literally wrote these in, in cocaine fueled, 
hazes or maybe opium fueled hazes. I can't remember which one, but he was he was chemically induced into writing some of this because well, he, he swore he, that Conan was standing behind him, ready well, to he, kill him. He literally created a prehistoric ancient history for the entire world. Right. Which was, I mean, have you have you amazing. ever written the just the thing he wrote on the history of the Hyborian Age? Oh my gosh. It was, I mean, the, the detail even rivaled Tolkien coming up with Middle-earth. It was, it was fascinating, and it was very, very detailed. But he was ahead of his time, is what I'm trying to say, La. Jim Henson, I think, was equally ahead of his time. And he all he had, computer animation and, and the stuff that you're used to seeing didn't exist when he was trying to do it. All he had was puppets and sticks and felt. Uh, and googly eyes. And googly eyes. Actually, I, I think the problem we run into here is the same problem that you run into with George Lucas once he finally gets important enough that they start, that there's so many people stop censoring him. Yeah. Because because when he, he, he wrote Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, and there were people literally telling him, this is not how people talk. They were editing his dialogue as they went because the man cannot write dialogue. And that's part of the reasons why when you start getting into the movies that they didn't edit him, they're terrible. Yeah, I so so I <laughs> Henson didn't have anybody editing him. The people who wrote the dialogue didn't have anybody looking at him going, you know, this doesn't work. And it's it's a rare thing for people to be able to do both, in my opinion, like uh, Kevin Smith, for instance, Kevin Smith writes masterful dialogue. Well, Man can't write an action scene to save his life. Quentin Tarantino. Dialogue. Dialogue. Unbelievable dialogue. I mean, his entire movies are nothing but the dialogue and then one incredibly violent scene at the end. Right. And they're and they're great. But the you know, like some of the other things, you know, that that Tarantino has to put in his film like we're going to put feet in it. Why? Cuz I need feet. <laughs> you know? Uma Thurman's feet, no less. Yeah, exactly. Could you have picked less weird feet? No, I want those feet. You know, like he had a foot <laughs> fetish, which is fine. You know, so does Dave Chappelle for crying out loud. But, but still, you're when you look at at a movie like this, you you realize that he really truly was ahead of his time. He also needed some help in some of uh, some other areas that just he never quite got this is they let him run wild with it and they maybe should have reined him in in some areas dialogue being one of them totally will admit that uh but but the story of it i think was brilliant the world building was incredible we didn't get enough of that like i had to keep pausing to explain it. kayla's like why are we doing this right now what is this? Is well, this the he, Gelfling village? What happened here? Well, he attempted to do the basic trope that everybody does is have somebody find out about the world as the audience does. But he missed the mark desperately to the point where he made he confused the rest of us watching the movie and made his main <laughs> character an idiot. <laughs> exactly. Because so, so we had again, to find worth, out worthwhile attempt. He missed it. He tried to use the same trope that a lot of people do, which is the main character has to find out about the world with us so that we discover the world with him. Like, it would have been the prime example of that being Harry Potter. Right. Now, in Harry Potter, 
personally. I think it was masterfully done. Uh, the Dark Crystal? Uh, not so much. Not so much with no. that. Uh, and looking at it through Kayla's eyes, when Kayla was sitting, we watched it in my bedroom because Shannon couldn't be bothered to watch The Dark Crystal. She was like, I am not doing this. You guys can go watch that somewhere else. And I totally understand that. She's, I don't want to be a part of this. I didn't want to be a part of it 80 years or, you know, 20, 30 years ago. I'm not doing it now. Totally get it. But when we had to stop the movie and she's like, why are they doing this? You know, what is, why is this happening? I totally get it. They didn't give enough, right? They didn't give enough exposition. But I think. Especially when you had that much voiceover. There was a lot of voiceover. You had to do a lot. Now, I always liked it, and I always I always liked the, the voiceover because it was it was a, a method of telling stories that I understood as a child. Uh, looking at it as an adult, the only reason I think it's special is because, A, I remember it, and I have some nostalgia for it, and B, the Crystal Method used it in a song. Again, see the aforementioned I opening, if I can manage I, to I don't have a problem with the fact that there was voiceover. I have a problem with the fact that it was utilized so poorly. I, it, I, I think I, it opened strong and got progressively worse <laughs> the entire movie. <laughs> I don't mind another world, another time in the age of wonder. I don't, I don't mind that at no, all. No, and actually neither do I. I think, I think I'm getting annoyed with this movie because there was so much potential here that was just missed. Yeah, we could take this in an amazing direction, but we chose to go a different way. Exactly. Um, La, what are your thoughts on how this turned out? Like, when you when you think about this movie, what are the words that come to mind? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to guess outstanding is not one of those. No, it's not. Uh, no, no, it's not. Um, first one is why. Second is... <laughs> and then the third one is probably like why couldn't you just put the crystal in the in the thing just, just put it in there she she did have problems with like Jen it would have been fine if Jen got thrown into the fire <laughs> like no no one cares about him yeah Kayla was very confused why Kira wasn't the hero because she seemed to A know what was going on B be motivated to to save her family and, and at least the knew planet, what the crystal did and knew what the crystal did and how to fix things I'm like why is Jin not dead yet <laughs> Jin get crushed by boulders I, I, yes. I can't argue with her on that one and, yeah and then when I saw Jin get crushed by boulders I'm like finally and then he comes back I'm just like yeah, she breaks it. He doesn't break her out of the the dark crystal uh, uh, essence sucking the chair. She do. she breaks herself out. He does like she kind of saw like she he doesn't rescue her from all the car them off the cliff. She rescued him. All he does is yo, Kira, Kira, where are you? <laughs> she's I don't not. Know what this crystal does. She's I'm not wrong. <laughs> she's not wrong. I mean, Fizzgig did more to the plot than. He he did. Fizzgig um, gave some action. Fizzgig saved the crystal from from Chamberlain or whoever it was who was grabbing it. Fizzgig was was Fizz making it happen. Is, Fizzgig is key. <laughs> Fizzgig is key. more key than Jin was. Uh, Anyone's more like 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 like. Or Jen, sorry. Yeah, like 
the little mud, like when Jane got pushed back into the mud because Fig Geek was a little scurry. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What were the little frog bug thingies that Kira? Oh yeah, that they did. roasted <laughs> and, st- and started eating. Yeah. <laughs> the next scene, I was she, like, is you that, see the like the that? little the little manatee looking kids come out, and then the the next scene, like right next scene, they have a little manatee looking kid thing that they've killed and roasted. <laughs> Kid that... was like, did they just eat those kids from the manatee thing? And I'm like, yes. And yes, you they see, did. see a podling carrying it on a silver platter. I'm just like, no. Yeah. They went to the forest and said, "Ah, yes, this one. Put it in the basket." <laughs> and then, like they, like they, they went back to the castle. Bring castle bring, yes. brings a whole new meaning to sing for your dinner. No, no, dad, no, dad. Can, can, can. And then we're like, "Ah, yes, fry this up." <laughs> and then the, it comes on the silver platter. I'm just like, we just saw him. <laughs> is that a, is that that's the oh. Can we, can we read the email? We got one. We did get an email. Hold yeah, on. I will, I will read email. the email. <laughs> Hold on. All right. So. Oh, the fight for Kayla. Love that. <laughs> that, that should be in big, bold meme letters. This is from Yuppix. Move your one about that. I can't read it. 299. All right. So Yuppix writes, hey, Sean, listen to the Space Raiders episode, and I feel if you truly love Kayla. You would buy her the Burger King Christmas sweater. Oh, yeah. I don't love you. I don't truly love you. I really don't. I'm not going to get you a Burger King Christmas sweater. It's, <laughs> you I, should. I don't really even like you. You're just like one of those children who shows up at my house for dinner. Oh. That's, that's what that is. Is that why? Steal that's, all your stuff? That's totally why. Um, no, steal your car. Simply forego splurging on yourself for a moment on your next quote-unquote sprinkles toy and buy the sweater instead oh and kayla when you get a chance google burger king merch no for crying out loud thanks yepics hold on burger king there better be some sunglasses merch I spelled, I misspelled. Would you get your feet off my legs you do this your mother does the same thing get off me all right, so there's some images of Burger King merch. <gasps> Look at this. Look at this Burger King hoodie. Looks all kind of like cool and stuff. There's socks! Yes, there's socks. There's Burger King socks. Why you would ever need one of those, I, I am those. not sure. I can, put, I can put them on when I wear my boots. There's the Lion King Burger King shirt. See, it's all... Would you get your... Like, off my chair. All right. Shortly after that exchange, your one percenter mentality leaked out a little bit after saying you had a real job in college implying working at fast food isn't. (gasps) Work is work. You should know this considering you always stand up for sprinkles work in your WA podcast when people don't call that an occupation or a job. Yeah, I I hated. I was in fast food for a single day. Where would you work? A single day. I, I showed up for work at Orange Julius. What's that? Yeah. I know. Well, there was a real... <laughs> what is As that? As usual, I got into that situation because of a girl. Uh, <laughs> what was that place? Orange Julius? Uh, you know, they don't really have a lot of them. I don't no. even know if they still you, exist you, anymore. Okay, um, Kayla, you know when you go to the mall and they've got those places making smoothies and bubble tea? Yeah. Okay. Orange Julius was that before that. They, but they everything didn't was do, orange flavor. Yeah, they didn't do bubble tea or, or any of that stuff then. They just they they did kind of orange smoothie-ish type drinks. And they had um they were famous for having a wall of fake oranges <laughs> behind 
at least when I was there, they were all fake oranges behind the register. So just and everything in the shop was orange. It was like orange and brown and shades of orange and brown. And there was a super cute girl who worked there. And I worked um, right down the way at the arcade. And I Wait a uh, you chose to go to work for an Orange Julius rather than the arcade. Oh, my God. This girl was hot. So she was down there messing with. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. It's real quick. But you couldn't just walk by and say hi from time oh, to time. No, no she, he so, couldn't. No. So she walks down in the arcade and everything. And she has a little brother who was deaf and she was signing to him. And I knew a little bit of sign language. So you I do. Would, yeah, a little bit. Or I did then. Um, a little bit of sign language, and he was asking. He had gotten some tickets in the arcade and all that kind of stuff. And I was telling him, you know, how much things cost, and and I signed to him. And she's like, and she saw someone signing to her little brother, and her ovaries exploded. So, what? She's like, oh my god, you are so sweet. You should come. We have a a. She was an assistant manager there. She was like a year older than me. She's like, we have a a, a job opening. You should come work with me. And she was so unbelievably hot that I went down that day and filled out the application <laughs> and then worked a shift there. Well, you were and, her and she suddenly wasn't that hot anymore. And she was not hot enough for me to do that job. <laughs> No, I would rather go back to the arcade. Did you go back to the arcade? Oh, you damn right. I never quit. I just I was gonna work with her and and because it was a different shift than I had. Oh, so you could still have both. I could still have both, right? So because I didn't work every day at the arcade, right? It was a part time gig, so I would only work like three four days, and and I could work the other couple of days at Orange Julius. So I would just work different different days. I worked one shift. That's all it took. One shift. And I went, this sucks. <laughs> left. <laughs> Coincidentally, she didn't talk to me after that. Um, Keep reading it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it is, I guess, technically, it's work. Work is work. But a real job? No, I don't think it's a real job. No one should be forced to, to like, saddle their humanity at the door. Up and, a water burger. And, and, like, it should be, like, you if you're working in the service industry in general, you are underpaid and underappreciated. That's why I always overtip. You you don't have a good day. <laughs> Kayla, take what your father has to say with a grain of salt. Even though he's not part of the baby boomer generation, I still Ooh. have the mentality of okay boomer when Sean talks sometimes. <laughs> Them fighting words. Uh, they are, but it's yepics, and I'm used to that. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, I'm getting bullied over here. Uh, I just like picking on Nani sometimes. It's all good and fun, and he throws it right back. Hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving. But, Sean, I hope you taught law the lesser taught parts of U.S. history regarding Thanksgiving and all the atrocities that occurred during that time. Uh, no, we just like to eat ham. It's important to know your history as much as you can because law, without getting too preachy, your school won't teach you everything. Um, I'm going to go with your school will teach you almost absolutely nothing that's on that's not on standardized tests law. That's all I'm saying. Unless you get a really good. There are some really good teachers out there. Those people, you will know them because they're vastly interesting. Like your Mr. Turner is vastly interesting to you, right? He's your favorite teacher because he teaches yeah. you stuff that's not on the curriculum, right? I mean, he's a choir teacher, but yeah. Yeah, but still, he teaches you stuff that's not on the curriculum, doesn't he? And, and he connects with you guys. Those are special teachers. Anyway, and Jake would be, you know, uh, Jake, your wife teaches music. Is she a That's real teacher? Correct. As much as the school district will let her. See? I never said he was a real teacher. I mean, he don't teach me science, but. 
<laughs> so? Just because it's not a core class or core curriculum uh, doesn't okay. mean it's not important. My, uh, uh, <laughs> You're about uh, to my, get yourself in trouble, aren't you? <laughs> no, no, no. My, the, the cousin, I have a cousin by marriage who is just an awful human being. And it's it was funny that I I literally had to stop my wife from killing him once because he had gone to work as a uh, gym teacher and told her that he taught a real subject. Wow. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) That was honey. No, no. Let's go to the other room. It's cool. (laughs) Wow. Don't get paid enough. She I'll get paid enough there. for that. <laughs> hey, I'm considering the fact that half of my family income is from a teacher. I will agree with you wholeheartedly. And, and law, you're going to find this to be true wherever you are. The there is almost no one on the planet who cannot teach you something. There are universal truths which you have yet to discover that are not only true everywhere, but true for everybody. And I I swear to you, society works to hide that crap from you. <laughs> they work to, they well, work to make you think that life looks like an Instagram account, and it doesn't. Well, e- even people that you realize are idiots have something to teach you. Sometimes it's what not to do, but they still have something to teach you. And uh, <laughs> The Burger King's uniform kind of looks like burgers. Wow, wow you are... Well, I'm glad you assimilated all that knowledge and wisdom we're getting. Well, she, she is still a teenager. All right. So, uh, side note, when it comes to not feeling anything when Wick's dog was killed, in my defense, I was still numbed a bit with some medications I was on. That's my excuse in sticking with it. You better have some kind of excuse because anyone who cannot feel anything when somebody kicks and shoots a beagle to death. A beagle mm, puppy, no less. Yeah, I don't like I'm not taking much in the way of criticism from that type of person. Uh, so hopefully I'm hoping you were over medicated because if that's the way it works with you. Mm. I mean, I mean the, the catalyst for one man taking down over soon to be four movies, an entire criminal empire worldwide was the, the fact that his puppy was killed. This is justification as far as I know. No, I, I, I'm not arguing shoot, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, also, Sean, you're wrong. Not everyone stops listening to the cast after a certain point. I fully listen to the you cast Ooh. Sean's therapy session, which is uh, the. Uh, gentlemen soapbox and la burger king <laughs> this show has been distilled down to la burger king mm-hmm. yeah so like you should just like rename it like laws burger king show also reviewing 80s movies now what you really just need to do is figure out how to get us get us sponsored by burger king yeah if we get <laughs> if we get sponsored by burger king i will change the name of the show and the logo, if you wish. All right, so no, you just add a brought to you by Burger King. Oh yeah, I mean we're gonna we could fix that stuff. But I mean, like we on uh, Voices of Defiance one time, we had one of the actresses who I had the biggest crush on uh, come on the show. She was like the the purple Ocampa chick, and she's like, "You should put me in your logo." And she flirted with me for an hour and change, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna put you on the logo, baby girl." And she's like, "You better." And Shannon and Starpire looking at me like, you're going to put her on the logo. <laughs> you're damn right I am. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> you go to lonewolfpodcast.com, you'll still see her on the logo. <laughs> Shannon's like, I've been asking you to change that logo for a year. She asked 30 minutes ago, and I had I had Photoshop open before we finished the cast. 
<laughs> Despite my numerous, we go back to Yepix's email. It's, it's just, just, just look at your wife and go, but you're not an alien. But you're not a hot purple alien who eats people. I'm sorry. That's nothing I can do. <laughs> I'm powerless. Um, Despite my numerous disagreements with you guys, I still respect you, damn it. And I don't know why. But La, but Kayla, you have a ways to go. I've listened to your father for many years now. Although I didn't find him through legends, I found him completely by chance when I was younger for reasons, which we're not going to go into right now. Uh, maybe your dad and mom can expand on some things when you're older for you, La. That discussion... And I hope there are some props involved that would be podcast comedy gold, by the way. And if it goes that way, I'm imagining. Or if it goes the way I'm imagining. Uh, no. Uh, anyway, that's about it. Law? I'm not reading that sentence. Don't forget God, Don't forget to do the final countdown. Woo! Yep. I almost forgot about it. Yes, okay, I know. Ready? We were uh, we were like 40 minutes. No, dad, I'm not dad, ready. Dad, dad, dad. I don't need. Dad, yes, you do. Shh. <laughs> Fraggles. <laughs> Fraggles. He just closed the YouTube. Oh, he oh, just closed the tab of Fraggles. I should play the Crystal Method over you. That's what I should do. <laughs> what? I should play the Crystal no. Method over you. Look, you got everyone no likes it. No one likes it. It's really? Yepix. He hardly oh, counts. Oh, oh. Like, you didn't have to do him that dirty. <laughs> Why? You do Ken and his Jeep trucky. Jeep trucky. Right, so, okay, so yes, on Friday I had a field trip to, on choir, right? We went to Epic Waters down in Grand Prairie. Yeah, and on everyone, the way there. Everyone knows sounds, what that is. Sounds like a choir trip. On it is the a choir way trip, there, yeah. I saw a Jeep trucky and I screamed in the middle of the bus, Ken, I don't like it. And my friend looked at me. She's like, who's Ken? I'm like, not important. <laughs> it's not important. <laughs> Ken and Charlie are the nicest people. In fact, I think they're even going to send us a Christmas card because Charlie asked yeah. for our address the other day. So we are going to get a Christmas card for Ken and Charlie. Oh my god! We should print out a GP Trucky sticker and then send it to them. <laughs> they don't need a GP Trucky sticker. They, they literally have a GP Trucky. I know, and then we can print out a Converse shoe and then send it to them. Okay, that's weird. Um, so. Uh, also, thank you to Jarek for, for listening to the show. I know that uh, we've gotten a couple uh, Twitter uh, hits from him saying that he's listening to the show, so thank you. Um, he's obviously listening for the final countdown. <laughs> uh, our buddy Cody says, uh, you know, technically Star Trek TNG Encounter at Farpoint could be considered a cheesy 80s movie. <laughs> I actually, yes. It, it really was cheesy. I mean, I, I am surprised that, that TNG actually got, only because it was done in the 80s, in the late 80s, did that version of Star Trek get to become the gold that it really was. Because that episode is widely regarded as the worst first episode of any Trek ever. <laughs> like, Everyone had a better first episode than Encounter at Farpoint. Space Jellyfish? Really? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Ooh. Yeah. Um, I, you, you know, there's only, I think there's one thing that saves that episode. The introduction of Q. You know, 
John Delancey, and I will argue this till I'm blue in the face with anybody who would like to argue with me, John Delancey is a national treasure, and I hold to that. Um, uh, hey, hey, we've had the conversation on more times than I can count because I can't get over it. That last scene of, with him and uh, Patrick Stewart and Gipit Card still gives me chills. I am, I, I am and continue to be uh, just impressed with not only how it works, the arc that those two took from beginning episode to the end of, of uh, uh Picard, that arc is one of the most beautiful in Star Trek, and I don't care what anybody says. Those are bros, okay? That is that is super good. Also, uh, our homie uh, Doctor Gnome says, "Do not do not steal a man's Christmas tree cakes." That's asking for a fight, and he is one hundred percent correct. <laughs> and Dick's on you. I've already eaten four. Uh, oh, there's, there's wait, wait a minute. I, I I'm I'm missing something here. Man's Christmas tree cakes. Yeah, well, the, at the uh, the last end, uh, I kept the recorder rolling on the last episode, and Kayla was off to go steal my little Debbie cakes. That's right. I I did not realize. Now I remember little Debbie cakes. I did not remember that they were shaped like Christmas trees. Yes, they are Christmas tree cakes. They are my favorite. I I have several things that are my favorite. One is the um the chocolate covered Ritz crackers. Oh, I love those thingies. Those are one of my favorites. You bought them the other day, and they were gone before I came home. Yeah, I did. I ate the entire box in about four hours. They were in the pantry before I left the school. When I came home, they were I in can, the trash I can, can. I can tell you how to make something very similar to those in like five minutes. <gasps> Go on. Oh, yeah. You, you take you, you, They're saltines instead of Ritz crackers. I'm sure you could do it with Ritz crackers. You spread them on the bottom of a cookie pan, pour melted butter over them, put them in the oven just long enough to make them warm, take them out. Pour chocolate chips on top of them, put them in the oven just long enough to soften the chocolate chips, spread the chocolate chips out, uh, then put them in the freezer. You know what? Can't there's, you do it with the microwave? Uh, well, there's, there's a recipe that I did, um, God, years ago. I don't even know if you were old enough to eat them at the time, Kayla, called Christmas crack. Have you got, have actually, you, that's, that's actually what we call that in our house is Christmas crack. Yeah, cause you, what we do, it's very similar. You do the saltines, you do the butter, you, you spread the chocolate over, and then we, we put on like, um, like uh, walnuts and then uh, like crushed up walnuts a little bit over the top of it as the chocolate is uh, f- uh, getting cooling. And then when it comes back out, we we dust the whole thing with sugar and then drizzle it with chocolate again. And then you take a uh, like a, a mallet or, or a knife or whatever and then just crack the crap out of the, the saltines and everything. And so it it, it yeah, has we, the we, feel we, of kind of peanut we, brittle, but it's not. We just do the, the, the butter and chocolate. We don't add extra. Yeah, I... I go a little over the top on that stuff but it's you know it's the holiday season and i love to bake during the holiday season um like we do christmas cookies and i do okay we okay. do an apron that oh. says christmas wait, wait a minute time. wait a minute sean yes and then i'll ask kayla after this what is your favorite christmas cookie i have two uh and and i will i will say i have two but my favorite is still classic toll house um Christmas cookies that that you make, you know, just from the the original Toll House recipe, uh, with powdered sugar and drizzled chocolate over the top of it. Those okay. we make every, and that Kayla has already requested those. Yeah, those uh, are my those are my absolute favorite Christmas cookie because yum yum they're so good. <laughs> I, I I will interrupt with my favorite Christmas cookie is the um the 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 peanut butter cookie with the giant Hershey kiss on the top of it. Those are those are pretty excellent. Now, are you the um? 
the camp where it's like the three ingredient peanut butter cookies, where it's like the simple version that they created in like the the early nineteen eighteen hundreds. No, I want a nice peanut butter cookie. Damn it. Okay, that's what I thought. You you do the modern style. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Like, there's three ingredient uh, peanut butter cookies, and they're supposed to be great, but the modern version of it is kind of a lot lighter and a little fluffier, you know? Um, if if I need to drink a gallon of milk when I'm done with a cookie, it's too much. Okay, yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. Uh, there's some people who say that's blasphemy, but I would agree. Welcome to Baking Talk on uh, <laughs> the 80s uh, cheesy movie review. But still, um, it is... Oh, you ducky gypsy was a thing! <laughs> it is a thing. Well, uh... Our, our buddy Stargate Pioneer sent in a picture uh, on Twitter of a Jeep Rubicon, a GPTP, uh, as Kayla calls it, with ducks in a, in a stuffed squid all over the dash. I told you. And apparently, I Jeep, saw one at Walmart which, the other day. Which, to me, says oh. they've been ducked and not paid it forward, because that's what you're supposed to do. When you yes. get the duck, you're supposed to put it in on, on other Jeeps yeah, so they can pay the duck forward. Yeah, but you can also keep it. <laughs> That's what I like. If we have, if mom gets a jeep. I'm keeping all those ducks. I'm, yeah, I'm your, your ducks. mother does want a Rubicon pretty bad. Um, <gasps> you should get her that for Christmas. I'm not Wait getting her a jeep you. for Christmas. What's wrong with What's me? wrong with the pickup truck? <laughs> oh, nothing's wrong with the pickup truck. Pickup truck. Shannon, yes, she. What do you think the Ram is? It is a pickup truck. That's what she's driving currently. Right. Well, yes. Okay then. No, I mean, I mean there's nothing wrong with that. that it's, it's got the Hemi in it, which now makes it a classic as yeah, of exactly. like right now. As of right now, because they stopped making that. No, she she's extremely fickle when it comes to vehicles, um, which I have normally always supported because you know I'm a caraholic as well. You know, I collect uh, like if I had enough money, I would collect cars like I collect guns. Like I would get another one every couple of weeks, uh, but. Um, well, it, if if you go to sell the 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 Ram, I can offer you like three hundred three hundred fifty for it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I I found an extra twenty bucks in my wallet. You can... <laughs> <laughs> we were disgusted. I'm poor at the moment. Oh, man, um, well, I'm I'm a little poorer than I normally am right now because it's Christmas and I've I've had some some bad things. And of course, according to Yepix, I've uh, I've completely ignored my fatherly duties and not getting Kayla a Burger King sweater. Right? Like it is ugly. Look, look. The the one piece of defense I'll give to that is it is ugly sweater season. It is I ugly sweater you. season. But somebody else wanted Nikes and a new phone. Oh, yeah. So uh, now, I'll tell now, you what. Now, but, but see, so Kayla, priorities. <gasps> birthday. My birthday, it's possible. My, my you want an January. ugly Christmas sweater on your birthday? When's her birthday? January. Uh. <laughs> 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 you can give it to me before my birthday. No. Like, you know, like, like, you, you don't like, get pre-presents. You, you push the Nikes back to your birthday. No, no, no. I, I was going to say the phone, but I just know that's not going to work. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, that is that is the the thing that she wants the most. Kayla, yeah, uh-huh. my daughter is eighteen years old. 
the last phone I got her, uh, you should have seen the look on her face when I explained to her, you're now 18 years old. This is the last phone I will ever be buying you. (laughs) 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 Yeah, she she, she was, what what do you mean? (laughs) Next time you need a phone, you're on your own. (laughs) Part of the point of that is enjoy being young. Well, and, and that is true. That is true. Yeah. You are still you are still la and dad still does all the stuff for you. Yeah. All the responsibility that you think you want when you get it, you're going to want to give it back. Honestly, you know what? I I was talking a lot about this the other day. I always appreciated being out of school and on my own so that nobody could tell me. Like the first time we got our apartment, I went and you can ask Shannon about this. I went and stood on the table just because I could. Because it was my table, my apartment, I was paying the rent, and I was going to stand on the table. Because it's my damn table, my damn apartment, and that's what I was going to do. I'm like, I'm standing on the table. And when my parents came over for the first time to see said apartment, I did it. And you could watch my father's jaw grind because he couldn't (laughs) tell me to get off the damn table like a responsible adult. Yes, the part that's not the part I'm talking about. The part I'm talking about is that one point, and everybody has gone through it at one point or the other, where you're looking at yourself going, I can have electricity or I can have dinner. <laughs> well, Because <clears throat> you yeah. can't eat light bulbs. Yeah, well, there's, there's that. And our answer was always... Snickers for dinner. <laughs> um, no, I mean, we got really good at... At balancing that by eating macaroni, like dollar macaroni. Like you remember, you used to go to the store. I, I don't know if you ever did this. We we oh, lived macaroni for cheese years. and ramen noodles. Yeah, we lived for years on macaroni and cheese, ramen. ramen noodles, tuna fish, you know, canned chicken and tuna fish and deviled ham and anything else that cheap came in a can that was spam. Meat-based. Oh, I have eaten my body weight in spam. One little tiny carton or can at a time. Like, people, people, they, like, oh, Johnny, the one presenter. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, when I, when I graduated school, I made less than starvation pay. Like, we could have been on food stamps if we'd have applied for them. We did not make any money. We had nothing. My apartment for the first six months had a spool. You remember the spool, right? Oh, like, yeah. You no, cut no, that no, sucker I and and with, made it for a table. Yeah. What's a spool? Well, a, a spool is exactly what it sounds like. Think of like a thread spool, only they did it for electrical cable. And every once in a while, you'd find one because the electric company would like spool out all the stuff, all the cable and electrical wire, and then they leave it for pickup days, later. Yeah. And and well, back when we were having a first apartment, they were wood, which meant. They were extremely sturdy, so they because they had to be because they they had all this heavy cable on it. Well, sometimes they'd roll out the cable and, and be hanging it and stuff, and then just not pick up the spool because they were you know they had other stuff to do. So you could go with a pickup truck, which we had back then, and load the spool up in the truck, go over to your parents' house, cut it in half at kind of two thirds on one side and a third on the other, and make a table you could sit at with folding chairs for a dining room table and a coffee table out of the other end of it. 
And that way, and just go to go to the store, get some varnish, and like varnish it real good, and some sandpaper for a couple of bucks. And now you had two tables for the price of Zippal, and that was your tables. And we would find <laughs> yeah, like he used to say, your tables, tables, and you could because go you can't afford anything else. No, and you would go to like um, for macaroni. You would cruise the dumpsters. By see, the, the, thing, the thing is, is that, that also it's, it's a different time. You walk into somebody's apartment right now and you see a spool for a table and there's a good many people in this world who would think bum, low life. At, the, at that point in time, you walked in and the response was, here's somebody who's making something out of nothing when they have nothing good on them. You know, like, hey, they got something to eat at. You know, that's what all your friends thought at the time. Like, hey, man, you got a table. Sweet. You know. Like, where'd you get it? The dumpster? Oh, I gotta go there. Dude, I, we would go dumpster diving all the time. We would drive by all the dumpsters uh, during trash collection day like at, midnight, at the apartments wanna, and like stuff. Like at midnight, you were like, you wanna go get And a new people would table? throw out, quote unquote, perfectly good furniture. <laughs> that Our movie coming up in a couple of weeks. Clark, you mind if I fumigate this here chair? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And exactly. And and you would go and, and bring it back. And that's what we would do. We didn't have anything. We ate like we were starving rats. Okay. Like, With it, a coffee table. Anybody, any, what we would consider adults that wanted to, who were family members that wanted to invite us to dinner, we would load up, take any cast offs or leftovers they would give us and eat on that for two days. Like, you think I'm kidding. We lived... Thanksgiving must have been gold for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh God, yeah. Like, you'd I'll eat, take everything. You'd eat for a week. Yeah. Are you kidding my, me? My grandmother lived in the same town I did when I moved out for the first time. She like five minutes away. And I knew that any night of the week that I showed up, there would be a hot meal there. Oh, yeah. I would go and... and my parents would look at me like, what the hell are you doing here? But my grandmother, there would be hot food. We would go see your, your mother's grandmother... Just to go, just, and she would love it because she would have somebody to talk to and cook for, and we would have something to eat that was like hot, and not from a freezer, <laughs> and not frozen or from a can, and it was great. And we did that for years, like two years. We'd do that, or we go to your mother's, uh, uh, your mom's, mom, your your grandma's house, not Nona's, but grandma's house, yeah. and she would cook for us and and make us dinner. Now. Her, your, your grandpa would know what we were doing, and he was fine with that. He had, he had had two uh, adult daughters before. He knew we didn't have anything. Um, also, gas was cheaper then. Um, so, like anybody who said, "Hey, we're having a, a moving thing. You want to come help us move?" We would go help them move because there would be free pizza at the end of it. <laughs> yep. Or free something. Right. It, 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 you the, find the, ways to make that work. <laughs> The, the, the complaint I have now is that's now considered to be oppressive, whereas when we were kids, it was just a phase of life. Yeah, Everybody just did how it. you did it. I mean, that's just what you did. Now, we I mean, were we being oppressed? I don't know, but we ate. <laughs> okay. We weren't starving. We weren't starving. We you know, would every, go. Everyone's had their father walk in and go, eh, it's a nice table you got there. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, did you, uh, you get all the nails out of it? I don't know. Most of them were. We hammered them in. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you, it's fine. It's not standable. 
But you could put a singular mug on it. Just don't put and too it much will not weight. Fall. Don't put too much weight on one side, and it's fine. And you can fill it up halfway before, but if you fill it up all the way, it would fall down. We were we thought we were the height of fashion. When Are we... those real folding chairs, there, kid? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Where'd you get those, Hobby Lobby? Uh, no, that's too highbrow. No, 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 no. You get cast off IKEAs that you had to like glue back together, or or you know or like your mom's old dresser or something. Or you would go and go get a um. Like a tablecloth at the Dollar Tree or something like that, and drape it over the the crappy IKEA table that was kind of eh, that you'd you'd prop up with bricks you found outside of the apartment, um, you know that they were using for landscaping. So you'd prop it up with those bricks and stuff, and they they'd just replace them at the apartment complex. But you would you would paint like, them white and just like oh it's fine. Yeah, yeah no. that I'm feeling nostalgic here. Oh man, you just. <laughs> You just do that. I mean, that's what you did. You steal the rocks from the rock bed and across the neighbor's yard. Our apartment looked like it came from a post-apocalyptic version of where we lived just because we didn't buy anything. We didn't have any money to buy anything. Either naked it or you When we moved into the house we live in now, it's, it's not a big house. Okay? You've seen our house. Every house on our block is bigger than ours. However, we didn't even have enough furniture to fill up all the rooms. We just didn't have anything, right? We That's just how it was. You can ask Jake. He's the same age as actually he's a little older than I am. That's just how it was. That's what you did, right? When we wanted to go see the movies, we deadheaded Dollar Theater. And now you've accumulated enough stuff that it's like, where the hell am I supposed to put this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. After after almost 20 years of living here, it's like, oh, we don't need. A, I put the kibosh when you guys were two or three. I put I, I put the hard limit. Like if you buy my child more giant plastic crap, like they they delighted. <laughs> you have to take some of the old plastic crap. Yeah, you. I will. It will show up at your house if you buy her this giant playset for thirty five dollars. I swear to God. I am going to fix it. Is that you. why you never got me a Barbie house when I was like five? You had one when you were three. You ah! played with it for two days and then ignored it completely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I... Was but my it, drum set, set still up in the attic? Yep. Can you get down? No. Why? <laughs> because, because it's no. a drum set. <laughs> because it's a drum set. And no, you will play with it and ignore my... Just explode my eardrums for a week. And then it will sit there gathering dust just like it did the first time. No. Um, but that's what you do. And it's, you know, like I said, you, you, you look at the people who are ahead of you who have built that kind of thing. Now, Shannon and I have progressed in our careers and our jobs and all that kind of thing. Sure. But there's, there's a lot of living that had to be done in those 20 some odd years and a lot of struggling we had to do. The reason I know how to make so many things is because I didn't have enough money to buy it. So I had to learn to make it because that was infinitely cheaper. Or fix it. You wonder why I'm so good at fixing things? It's not because I liked it. I like it now. I did it then because if we didn't fix it, it wasn't getting fixed. Were you the one who sent me the uh, the video on if you're if you're complaining about being poor, you just suck at being poor. If you need something, go find it and fix it. Yeah. No, that's totally what I did. Well, that's that's what you do. Like I would go to the the used bookstore and find those Time Life books. 
<laughs> and read them because I didn't have enough money to buy them. Uh-huh. Yeah. I would just read them and then take a picture. I would them read them and and assimilate the knowledge and then go to home to my crappy apartment or go to someplace that had somebody who had a garage like your your you know my in laws or whatever. Fix whatever it is, throw it back in the truck using their tools because they didn't have any, and then bring it back to the apartment. I mean that's and what we did. Probably K- break it Kayla, again. in yeah. the days before YouTube, there was these books from a company called Time Life. That you know, you had one on plumbing, one on woodworking, one on uh, uh, drywall, drywall, yeah, anything. And, yeah, and and you could you could order the whole set, or you could go to bookstores and just sit there and read them. Yeah. So we'd go to Barnes and Nobles and read them, or a used bookstore, you know, half price books or something, and read them. And our phones couldn't even take pictures at the time. Like you couldn't take a picture of the book and then read it afterwards. It'd just be a that was still mess the, or whatever. that was before they even went digital. Much yeah, less smart. Yeah, no. So it, our phones couldn't do that. So you just had to read it, remember the knowledge, and then retain it, and then go home, and then go go somewhere else and do the the project because I I didn't have a garage, I didn't have tools, I didn't okay. have supplies, I had nothing. Well, you also need to remind Kayla that this is a time period in which people did remember things because we didn't have a database in our pocket. Therefore, Google, you knew people's phone numbers. Google did not exist like yet. So, That's well, how no, long no. But the thing was. is, is that we actually retained information back then too, <laughs> because there was no database to save it for us. Yeah, there wasn't a. Just Google it, Dad. Google it. Yeah, there wasn't that. There was the, Google didn't exist yet. It's either you remembered it or you didn't. You remembered it, or you didn't have whatever it was. And if you like forgot a part of it, you have to drive all the way back and say, "I need a wrench." Okay, and just like drive all the way back. No, the popular thing now is to say, "Okay, boomer." First of all, we weren't boomers; we were Gen X. Okay, we were the ignored generation. Second, which is why they either call us millennials or boomers because we're just ignored. We're just ignored. (laughs) Um, Forgets about you. There's there's a lot of of animosity towards anyone who knows how to do anything right now because they're like, Ugh, you know, I don't want to learn to do that. That's ah. Eh. He's, but he's that's, too young to be a boomer, but too old to be a millennial. Yes, that's called oh, Gen he? X. <laughs> that's what that is. <laughs> and we are the most apathetic generation you will ever find because we had to learn to do all this crap because the boomers didn't teach us. <laughs> And we oh, didn't I'll, learn very well. I'll apologize to Kayla for my language before I even say this, but we were the fuck it generation. Yeah, we didn't. Uh, we didn't particularly care for that, and we didn't care for what we were being handed from the boomers. There wasn't any other way through it, so we just learned to do things ourselves. Most of us came home to an empty house when we came home from school because both of our parents were working. I said this is where my this is the corner where I sleep. This is the corner where I have the bucket in the corner. Y'all know what that's for. <laughs> and then this is the corner where I throw my laundry and I'm not going to wash it cuz I don't have a washer. <laughs> I just like You, you laugh. Know. Do you you you've never even seen what a laundromat looks like or ever or, had to use or, one. Or or doing laundry in the sink with a clothesline out back. Oh man. Yeah, that's what the balcony was for, man. <laughs> the first thing you do when you move into your first apartment, you're gonna wonder, like when you walk out onto the balcony, if your if your apartment has a balcony, most of them do. You're gonna wonder. There's a hook over on the left side, and there's a hook over on the right side. And you're gonna go, what the hell's that for? It's for the laundry line <laughs> that the, everyone who's ever lived there before you has hung there <laughs> to dry their clothes because they don't want to pay. To go down to the laundromat and dry their clothes. They'll pay to go down to the laundromat 
and wash them, but they're not going to double their double down on that. So they'll go hang a line and then hang your clothes out to dry. <laughs> just like, Except for your everyone... underwear. You just throw that over the bar in the, in the shower. Yeah. I know. No one needs to see that. Nobody needs to be doing that. But you you think it's funny. You will find unbelievable ways to save money when you move out. Like, you have no idea what living on your own when you don't have any money is like. Because you've never had to do that. I didn't know either. Like, the things you appreciate when you when you get out of the house are very different than the things you appreciate now. You go home and you're like... Oh, my God, it's so nice here. That's why the millennials didn't leave home. A lot of them. A lot of them, when they first started, were like, holy (laughs) crap, I'm not doing that. Because it sucks. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what you were expected to do. And they were the first generation that went, no. Mine's already trying to figure out whether or not I'm going to kick her out when she's done with school. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to kick me out? Look, at some point, and I think Jake's modality is is probably correct about that. At some point, it's not that I'll kick you out. It's that I won't be here. And I started having kids later in life than most people did back in the day. So at some point, you're going to be forced to do something (laughs) because I won't be here to help you. So you will have to, to fly. Little bird. <laughs> but what happens if I'm like Kieran and I just... Kieran <laughs> <laughs> like and you just... <laughs> well, hopefully you'll find someone smarter than Jem to be with. <laughs> no kidding. Unless yeah, whiny. I, I should get a dog like... um, What's Kira's thing name? Fizzgig. Fizzgig. I should get a dog with Fizzgig. You do realize at this point in life your daughter's going to have a little fluffy dog that's named Fizzgig. Oh, no. When I get a dog, its name is going to be Fizzgig. Or but or corn dog. Or corn dog. You're gonna get a little corgi named corn dog. I don't care what kind of dog it is. I don't even care if it's like. Hey, hey the, the, an ugly the, dog. the the first dog I ever owned, I tried desperately, and no one, not even the AKC, would let me do this. I just wanted to name the dog, dog. That is fantastic in every way. Nobody would let me do it. Like Big Jake, dog. Ever... <laughs> I, I, that's what I called him, dog. I, have you ever seen? I'm sure you've seen Big Jake. Yes. Yes. So it would have been would have been Jake and Dog. Dog. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yep. It, it, nobody would let me do it. My parents wouldn't let me do it. I What's even tried to register in the AKC. Dog. Uh, his name ended up being Rocky. Oh. <laughs> now he answered to Dog, dumbass, shithead, and a bunch of other things of that nature. But yeah. Well, you know, as as Rike, many Riker's does. name is Dammit Riker. No, that he is will, his full name. He will answer to Dammit Riker. <laughs> he, he will. But see, again, Riker was named after who, Kayla? Some Star Trek dude. Some Star Trek dude. <laughs> well, at least you knew it was Star Trek. <laughs> Not a the thing is, is that Mama growls at Riker every time he tries to come up on the couch. He goes, wow, 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 wow. He may have fallen once. Like, like he he runs around the table, and Mom always tries to, like, run after him. And she he tripped her, and she fell <laughs> on the couch face first. <laughs> and I started laughing. 
Oh, I, I, I do will admit that I admitted that admit that I found out the hard way that when you have a 70 pound pit bull, you let them go down the stairs first. Yes, because if you don't, and they because they try and beat you downstairs. Well, even then, if they're that big, they've got so much momentum going with those tiny little bulldog legs that they're not stopping anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, have you stop. ever seen? Wait a minute, have you ever seen one try to stop on the steps when they got enough momentum going? Yeah, it's not. It's it's an endo. <laughs> <laughs> they do an endo like a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. Well, she she took out the base of my legs and I dislocated an elbow. <laughs> Fantastic, sir. And you can't really be mad at the dog because it was your fault. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, uh, you guys got anything else for the Dark Crystal? I do. What? You know, I set myself up for that. <laughs> Jake, do you have anything else for the? For? I do not. I think we've gone around the world and off topic enough. Not that anybody who's and listened to any of us do. Well, not that anybody who's ever listened to any podcast that any of us here have been on is expecting us to stay on top. Yeah, I think Stargate sent us a, a thing saying, you know, the only criticism they had was you don't you don't review very well. And I'm like, well, we do the best we can with what we have. Yeah, we really don't review. We just kind of get on here and talk it's, about the movie sometimes. Sometimes, and then just talk. We do what we can. <laughs> That's if you're looking for awesome, fun. hard-hitting reviews that you're over like movies trash that are that, 30 to 40 here. years old, I'm just saying. That's, that, that's, not, that's not here. <laughs> well, thank you we all for listening. Kendrick, Turkey. Yes. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for uh, commenting, writing in, including you, Yepix. And, uh, y'all, y'all, we got to fight for my Burger King sweater. No, we don't. Yes, we do. And uh, <laughs> we, we love you guys, and we will talk to you next time. Okay, I'm done. <laughs>